This is episode number 43 of The Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Homeowner Show. We are so glad that everyone could join us today because we have an awesome show for you. And if you have not yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button there in the uh, the Apple Podcast app, in Stitcher, whatever thing you're using. It's, <laughs> it's, it's acceptable. We'll allow it. It's good. All those platforms, wherever podcasts are available, even on the YouTubes, any of the internets go find it you can find the homeowner show and follow us you can also find us on facebook twitter instagram all those other things uh just just check out what's going on with the homeowner show um how you doing kev dude i'm I'm doing pretty well um it's a busy season for me yeah and so it seems like uh you were you were in and out of town quite a bit these days oh yeah yeah it's not going to get much better actually until did, did the stress cause the beard to fall away is that yeah is that what's yeah, going on yeah, we're actually not videoing this this episode but uh but yeah i did i did cut off about four inches of my beard <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know I, I think just the just the summer in general and uh you know it's warm outside so yeah I just decided to cut it off. So awesome. Yeah. So anyway, been been super busy, uh, just kind of in and out. Feel like I hadn't seen my family just a ton, but um, anyway, they have seemed happier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was wondering if I was the only one that noticed that. I, you know, there's there's been a glow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, bully for them. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody's doing well. Exactly. But other than that, man, things are things are rock and rolling along a little bit. Um, so, yeah, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. We just we just got back from like a little mini vacay. Yeah, we took uh, we went uh, we took the family down to the new Marriott. I don't know how new it is. It, it looked new, the new Marriott in downtown Houston. And the reason we went is because they have this incredible new uh, pool facility mm. that they put up on the sixth floor, and it's a giant lazy river in the shape of Texas. Ah. And I don't know how it could be more awesome than that. No, it. And if you look at this thing from an aerial view, which is the only way you can tell is Texas. <laughs> it's awesome. It is, yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just be scared to be on the fifth floor. <laughs> could could bust through. It's only three and a half feet of water. It's not that deep. Exactly. Have you ever had three and a half foot of water the size of Texas fall on you? Because I, I haven't, no, but no, I can only imagine. I think I'd like it. It, it. One of the cooler things about it is where the the you know the panhandle of Texas is. Yeah. It, it actually meets the edge of the building, and they put a big piece of glass. And so, if you're underwater, you can actually look out over the, ah. the city skyline over what they call Discovery Green, which is essentially Houston's smaller version of Central Park. Okay. Um, but like you can stand there and like you're there's nothing between you're in the water but there's you can just look out over the edge of the building from cool. there. It's very very cool. So if I'm in Dumas uh-huh. Then I can see out. I, I, I don't know my Texas geography that well apparently. <laughs> um, it's north of Amarillo, so Okay. Then yes. Okay. It's possible. All right. Maybe maybe. Go for it, Dumas. <laughs> I pronounce that Oh, yeah. Everybody pronounces it the other way. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Good deal. So, we have a great episode for you guys today. And one of the reasons we're really excited about it is getting this topic discussed on the Homeowner Show has been a stinking arm wrestle. Yeah, it's a challenge, man. For, for whatever reason... Um, well, let me, let me back that up. This particular guest has been awesome sure. in working with us. Yeah. 
everyone else that we've talked to in regards to homeowners insurance and insurance in general just doesn't want to come on the airwaves and talk about it for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a legal thing. I think I don't care. We're finger wagging all of these cowards. <laughs> yeah, for not coming on the show, right. and they're going to be sorry because Jared's going to be awesome. That's right, and and fill our heads with all sorts of wonderful magical insurance knowledge bits. Yep, it's going to be exciting because th- this is one of those areas that uh, you you have to have in order to be a homeowner. You have yeah. to have homeowners insurance. It's not an option to not have homeowner's insurance because your mortgage company will not give you a loan for your house unless you have insurance on it. So, right. um, so yeah, it's, it's super important, but how, how do you know what to do with any of it? I mean, there, there's thousands of companies out there. It seems like, and, uh, they all offer a little bit different stuff here, there. And, um, we just want someone to come on and talk to us about it, and and so that so that you out there listening have have a fighting chance whenever it comes to figuring out what do I need, what do I not need. I mean, they, they use all these terms that I don't know what they are, and um, I just want someone to explain it to me. So, Jared, I'm glad we're here. Uh, you know, uh, welcome, and we'll. I just said your name, but you can uh, introduce yourself uh, to our guests. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're good. That, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, as you said, of course, uh, my name is Jared. I I am a property and casualty licensed producer. And basically what that means is that legally in the state of Texas, I can write insurance. Uh, that's that's the legal definition. Uh, what How I view myself, though, is an advice giver uh, because that's truly insurance. Like you said, you can't get a home without having the home insurance. But most anybody, uh, they, they don't necessarily know what all exactly that means. So I view my role in my position to um, educate, to uh, help people understand what it does, why it's important, other than you, you can't, you can't get a home without it, but just what all it does, how it protects, not just your home, but it also protects your family as well. And just to be, to use a cliche term, uh, a trusted advisor. So like, Hey, I need to know this about my insurance. If, if I know the answer, of course, educate, but if I don't know the answer, I will get back to you within a reasonable time and just explain to you what all it is. Um, Cause I don't just want to protect the house i want to protect the household so right. uh, that's just kind of like a look for gaps look for coverage opportunities look for things that you may not be aware of um and just like i said edu- educate my customers and and educate my team and myself as well so awesome so i mean just just baseline because i mean you, you said in there looking for opportunities to cover other things but i mean like just at the, at the baseline of what what it is that you offer for like a, like a home what would what would all of that entail? Uh, knocking it down to just like it's uh, most home policies. Of course, every company is a little different. You've got your dwelling protection, which that's the household itself. Um, you've got, of course, your deductible. That's that's up for uh, discussion with you and your insurance provider. You've got your uh, personal property. Take your house, turn it upside down. Anything that falls, that's personal property. So TVs, couches, uh, entertainment centers, uh, cars parked in a garage, actually, uh, most places will be considered personal property. Um, and then, uh, the next step would be the, uh, other structures. Think like a, a gazebo or a shed in the backyard. Uh, that would be your other structures, uh, cause we don't, nobody insures land. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, your, um, oh, and I'm blanking on it. What is, what's the term? I just, I just blanked on I, my coffee's wearing off. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, uh, 
additional living expenses. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's where you got to say, you know, you can't stay in the house while work is being done. Um, you got to go stay somewhere else. Uh, that that's part of your uh, typical home policy package. H um, H O three is what I'm discussing. That's most common in Texas. Okay, uh, there's actually eight, um, but H O three is the most common one that's written. And um, the uh, and then the most important part is the the liability protection. Um, most people think it's the dwelling, but in all honesty, the the liability because if somebody gets injured in your house uh, down in Houston, I know swimming pools are popular because it's it's really hot down there. Um, oh yeah, my parents are, yeah my parents are down there now. They never had a swimming pool in their life, and they moved back to Houston and get one. Um, liability <laughs> is what truly protects your family um, because if an accident happens and your family's found at fault, uh, you're you know you, you, the the lawyers are out there. Um, so that truly is the most important is the liability. But yeah. um, the the dwelling uh, back to that topic, what that is, is that that's the dwelling itself. Um, that's calculated. The three big things that calculate it are zip code, um, age of the home, uh, and then um, zip code, age of the home, and then square footage. Those are the three big factors that go into calculating your dwelling protection. So what, what does zip code have to do with it? Uh, just where it's located, like down there in Houston, y'all are in what's known as a coastal region of Texas. So y'all are susceptible to like hurricanes okay. um, more so than others. Uh, up here in the Dallas area, it's wind and hail storms, of course. Uh, um, other other areas of Texas, I'm not sure what they have to deal with. Uh, probably wind storms a lot as well. But that's that's why the zip code can play a factor, um, just because it goes into what's called a, a risk calculating tool, and uh, where you live can play a portion on what kind of risk you're involved in. It's kind of like Oklahoma. Uh, I'm not licensed in Oklahoma, but Oklahoma they kind of have everything. They have tornadoes and all that stuff. So <laughs> your your location does play a factor in calculating the risk because that's what insurance is is a shared risk you know the gotcha. consumer the consumer is sharing part of the risk but the insurer is also sharing part of the risk so that's why the location uh, plays a part in it okay i was just curious if it was like well is it like a nicer neighborhood or is it like <laughs> is it well yeah yes and no because that is part of a risk as well um uh because theft is is something that's covered under your typical home policy so if there's if it's a high theft area everything there's so many different that go into determining uh, risk and uh, rates and all that good stuff. So yeah, it actually is. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're in a high theft area, yeah, you, you could you could be potentially having more risk than somebody than a, than a different area. So I mean that that could factor into like your decision to buy there because it's going to be a, a bigger premium on your policy. I would assume. Yeah, it could be definitely. Um, but what I always tell my customers is like uh, premium. I'll get you the best rate I can. But my main concern uh, is is making sure you're protected. Price aside, um, because nobody ever calls up to me and says, "Hey, I just had a fire in my house." Uh, I've only had that happen once. But uh, I just had a fire in my house. How much am I paying a month to my mortgage company through my insurance? No, nobody. <laughs> knock on wood has ever asked me that yet. So, but yes, it could play a factor in the premium for sure. Okay. Yeah, and, and we we noticed that um, down down here where, where we live that 
um, that the county makes a difference as well. Um, that that certain counties have higher insurance rate. Um, mm-hmm. even, even down here in Houston, for example, Harris County is more expensive than Montgomery County is to live in. So, um, I, 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 apparently within zip code, there's also some outer rings of that yes. as well. Yes, definitely. Um, like I live in Dallas County and sometimes in Dallas County, uh, where, uh, just seven miles North of me call is Collin County. Sometimes the rates in Dallas County are a little higher than Collin County. And it's the same area (laughs) it's just like i said that's that's up to the powers that be that's that's up to tdi and whoever the insurer is uh whatever company it is that's for them to determine it's just for me to determine that your family is properly protected so but yes that is something that does play a factor and it's crazy and i don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of that either well we don't we don't write algorithms so it's (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well and, and essentially that's what it is that you're using isn't i mean don't you just plug that information to computer and it spits out the information. Yes, exactly. Like what I what I typically when I'm doing a home policy, like I said, it's the risk calculating tool. There's many more factors uh, for for our company. The three bigs, like I said, are our zip code, square footage, and age of the home. So that's yeah. And if you plug everything into the algorithm, it spits out an estimated dwelling cost. Uh, that's if the worst were to happen, how much right now in 2019 would it potentially cost to uh, replace the home? And that's on a total replacement policy because there's total replacement and then there's actual cash value. Um, actual cash value is the cost of the home minus depreciation. Mm. Uh, so what that means is like, here's what the home cost in 2019, uh, but you lost the home in 2020. Now the home is worth this much, but you've got one year of depreciation. So that's the difference between actual cash value and total replacement policy. My recommendation is total replacement policy just because it's a little better. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and I would imagine like if on your taxes, you've been taking that depreciation, that's going to count against you if, if something yeah. were to happen. Potentially. Yeah. So yeah. Um, always say most, most auto policies, just for comparison for your listeners, most auto policies are on an actual cash value basis. So that when something happens to that auto, that's why sometimes you, you may, if it's totaled out, I had a vehicle that was totaled out and I felt like, um, I didn't get as much as the car was worth and it's that depreciation factor. So for reference to your listeners, auto policies, 99.9% of the time are on an actual cash value basis. So just for comparison on a home policy, that's why I say a total replacement policy. So check, check when, it, when you're looking for insurance, if it's total replacement or some people may call it a hundred percent replacement uh, policy versus an actual cash value. That's, that's a good, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? That's a good little tool to have in your belt when you're shopping for insurance. Yeah, and uh, something something you said a minute ago uh, one triggered this and, and, and made me want to ask because when I, when I bought the house that I'm in now, um, shortly after we bought it, they installed a fire hydrant down by the street. And my insurance mm-hmm. agent was actually pretty excited about that because he said, hey, th- this can actually get you a discount on on your insurance, your homeowner's mm-hmm. insurance. So are there are there things that potential home buyers or people who are looking to move, maybe, you know, or just buying additional property, whatever, are there things that they can be looking for on the home that might give them potential savings in the long run when it, when it comes to like a, a homeowner's policy or, a, a, or, or whatever it is they're getting into. 
Yeah, uh, potentially uh, discounts. That's that's carrier to carrier. Um, each carrier offers a little bit different discounts, so it just depends. Whereas you know, so one company may give you a discount for a fire hydrant, um, but not a discount for say uh, having a security system. Okay. Whereas if you looked at another carrier, they would give you a discount for the security system, but they wouldn't give you a discount for location to the fire hydrant. Um, the the company I work for, um, the way they view it is is kind of like hey that's awesome that you live a mile mile closer to the fire hydrant than you did however the fire department is still four miles away and they're the only ones that are going to have access <laughs> to it so the 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 solution to the problem is still the same distance away regardless of of where the fire hydrant is you know gotcha. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. It, it just, but yeah, discounts are carrier to carrier. Um, so yeah, whereas one carrier might not offer one, another one might offer that discount, but they offer, don't offer one that this carrier did. So, but yes, um, like for example, uh, the company I work for, they, they, um, they take age of the roof into uh, effect. Um, and some, uh, I think we're one of the only ones that does. So like for us, we're, when we're talking with our customers, whenever we're doing the policy reviews, um, cause when a customer ever calls up there, we do quick reviews. Um, and if they've got time, we'll do an in-depth one. And if we look and we see the age of their roof is about four years old in this neck of the woods, that roof has been hit by hell probably at least 10 times in those four years. So we'll ask the customer like, Hey, have you had a new roof put on? And if they say yes, Hey, awesome. I'll get that updated. You get me the documentation. And it usually brings their premium down a little bit. So always make sure you've got a agent that's uh, willing to do those reviews with you because they can look at it, make sure that everything's in place the way it needs to be. And then they can look for potential savings opportunities, or like I said, at the very beginning of the show, um, gaps or opportunities for things that may not be covered because, um, uh, your life changes from year to year to year to year. Sometimes even month to month to month, your life can change. I mean, just oh, yeah. question question posed to you guys, um, your life now versus your, how long have you had the house that you bought, Craig, just out of curiosity? Uh, th this one I've had four and a half years. Four and a half years. Is yeah. your life the same today as it was four and a half years ago? Heck no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I say get 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 a get a uh, uh, an agent who's who's willing to you know do those reviews, see what's changed in your life. Um, you know, our our age uh, for me uh, for y'all, uh, Kevin. I'm not sure if you're around Ke uh, Craig's and mine's age, but I mean there could be um, a, a new addition to the household, whether it be wife, child, uh, anything like that. So, uh, when it comes to home policies or any insurance, get you, get yourself an agent that's going to, going to take a look at your life and, and see what's changed and see if we need to change coverages. Cause, um, insurance is somewhat organic and it can be changed slightly as far as coverages go. Okay. Let, let's, that was a very tactful way of not calling Kevin old. Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but let's not get I into, I don't know. He let's was, not get into who's older. He, he was yeah, assuming yeah, yeah. it was the beard. It yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm potentially the youngest one on this show. So. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, so, so I think we need to take a time out here for a moment and, uh, take a little Zach Morris moment for a minute. That'll age me. Um, and, um, and let's, let's talk about this. Uh, you, cause you, you said something there that that I that really caught my attention. You said find an agent that is willing to look at your life. Okay, 
So my question to you is uh-huh. how do you know where to go look for that agent? And if you find someone, because someone eventually is going to recommend it, whether it's the the real estate agent that you have, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I, I work with this insurance agency, or maybe you just go online do a Google search, or uh-huh. maybe you have a friend at church that's telling you, hey, you know, we use this agent. How do you ultimately find someone? What types of things can you look for? What kinds of questions can you ask to to be able to find someone who's going to have your best interest in mind? Uh, how, how do you find a friend? That's, that's the simplest way I would say it is, um, uh, somebody, somebody who's interested in your, uh, somebody who's interested in your life, not just necessarily interested in, in, in your, um, material things. Um, I, when it, when I, when I get, uh, my, my, uh, potential customers, prospects, however you want to word it on the phone. Uh, I usually want to know a little bit about them. Uh, like what do they do? What's their job? Are they married? Do they have kids? Um, so that I can make sure that their policy is set up in order to protect what they find most valuable. Um, that's what I would say. Uh, look for, look for an insurance agent that you could see going and grabbing a beer with or watching the game with, or something like that. Um, somebody who's going to take the time to get, to get to know you, not just, Oh, you live at two, four, eight, five, you know, Cypress estates court. Uh, so I even threw a Houston address out there for you. Yeah. I was gonna say, I just, <laughs> just outed somebody out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, well, that, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense because I think I think that that's one of the things that that is challenging when it comes to this topic. I mean, you know, we're, we're even having a hard time finding someone to to just talk to us on the show about mm-hmm. it, let alone uh, try to figure out out there, you know, who has my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my one of the things that I would probably throw out there, um, just from my experience in in having homeowners insurance, is that different companies are going to offer you different premiums and yes. the the most expensive premium is not necessarily the best and the, le- the least expensive one is not necessarily the best what i hear you saying what i kind of know from my own experience is the best is the best whatever yeah. the premium is is that, is and that it's, and fair it's, compl- to say? it's completely subjective yeah it's completely subjective like um one one person uh, may may want may love me and, and what I'm able to do for them, and then another person may not necessarily hate me, but just be like, I I had a bad experience. You know, there's good and bad experiences everywhere. So um, it's it it's just all dependent upon uh, it's it, it's subjective what the what the best is. Um, some people uh, are purely price driven, uh, are in the direct segment where they're kind of like, I just want insurance. I want this home. I want the the cheapest rate possible, and that's that's totally fine. We don't we don't uh, we don't dislike those people or, or anything like that. So it just it depends on what you're looking for from your insurance company. If you're just wanting, you know, something to to give to your mortgage company, um, that that's totally fine. 
Uh, there's some, there's some things like that, that I have, like, uh, I, I buy store brand, uh, pasta. I, I, I don't judge, but there's certain things that I do buy. <laughs> <laughs> there's certain things that I do spend a little bit more money on. Like my toothpaste, it has to be uh crest, not an endorsement. Um, but, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's certain things that I'm, I'm willing to spend money on and certain things that I'm not. And, and I don't, I don't think it makes me more or less of a person. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the best is, the most expensive is not necessarily the best and the least expensive is not necessarily the best either. It's what you as a consumer, it's, it's what you're passionate about. Well, and, and this might be a good opportunity because we've used the word several times premium. Like, mm-hmm. what, what exactly is that? I mean, cause I think a lot of times we use it in jargon and everyday conversation when we talk about that, but like, what is it? The premium, uh, the, the simplest answer, the premium is what the consumer spends each year for the uh, insurance policy, what, the contract. Uh, that, that in simplest terms, an insurance policy is a contract okay. uh, that lasts for typically on home. It lasts for a year. Um, so the premium is how much you pay for that. Hey, we're going to insure uh, this much uh, coverage with this amount of risk. Here's how much it costs. And here's what all you get for that cost. It's, it's, it's a contract. It's, it's the monetary attachment to the contract portion of the insurance policy. So what basically whatever you're paying every month for that policy is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, this coverage costs this amount of money. Gotcha. Sure. And, and one of the things that I think we should throw out there as well is, Typically, this isn't always the case, but typically the cost of your insurance policy, which is the premium equals cost, right? Mm-hmm. The cost yes. of it um, differs most of the time if you pay it all at once, the entire year up front, or maybe you pay it in two installments, so every six mm-hmm. months, or monthly, that cost is probably different. So, um, you know, it... it depending on how you live your life if you have the ability to pay your premium pay the cost of the of the entire homeowner's um insurance all up at fr- up front it's probably mm-hmm. going to cost less am i am i right about that uh, most of the time, uh, again, that, that when it comes to discounts, that's carrier specific. But most carriers, yes, if you pay the if you pay the full amount, I think some may offer uh, a a biannual or, or semi annual. But yeah, typically, if you pay it uh, up front, that does save you a little bit. Um, and this is going to be specific to my uh, to my industry because that's what I know. Um, now, a lot of times, with uh, especially if you're getting insurance because your mortgage company requires it, if you're doing it through your escrow account. How that works is that the mortgage company basically fronts the money. They pay the premium when it's due, and then they take that number, divide it by 12, and that's factored into your escrow account with your taxes and all that good stuff. So that's the way that typically works. We don't get a check when when it's escrowed. We don't get a check from a customer unless they want to self-pay. We get it from a third party, the mortgage company, the the home lender. So that's, that's the way that works. Is there a benefit one way or the other? I, I, we've only ever had ours escrowed. Um, is there a benefit one way or the other, in your opinion? 
Uh, in my opinion, uh, I, I'm simplistic. So uh, if my mortgage company can pay it and they can factor it into my escrow account, I'm like, yeah, shoot, that that takes it's it's kind of like putting something on automatic payment. So I don't have to worry about it. That's fine. Um, some people uh, they prefer to you know no here's my checking account routing number. Just draft my draft my account each month. It's it's what works best for you um, and what makes sense to you as a consumer. Uh, most of the times. Uh, Ninety uh, percent of what I do, uh, people pay through the escrow account just because it's streamlined, it's simple, and and it's less less fuss and all that good stuff. Sure, makes sense. So let let's transition for a moment because so we uh, we started talking about uh, the dwelling and the cost of the dwelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Am I am I right when I say that your deductible, which we probably should define that as well, but your mm-hmm. deductible is typically based on your dwelling amount, uh, a percentage of that. Is that how that works? Uh, uh, yes, yes and no. Now, uh, fair standard across the state of Texas is one percent deductible. What that one percent of is your estimated dwelling, uh, your, your your dwelling uh, estimated replacement cost. So yes, that is. Now, some companies, uh, mine is one of them. If that one percent, say for example, you your dwelling is estimated at four hundred thousand um, dollars, four grand might be a lot of a deductible. So some insurance companies. Uh, they can say, well, you can do rather than a percentage, you can do a three thousand, you can do a twenty five hundred. If if you don't want to be at that one percent, but fair, most people they do a one percent deductible. You can also go higher than that one percent. My personal opinion is um, when you go to two percent, same 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 four hundred thousand dollar house that four that or four hundred thousand dollar house that four thousand dollar deductible now became an eight thousand dollar deductible, and that's just that's. That's a lot of money for the the consumer to be on the line for. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and and so define deductible because you know so, some people look at that and go, I have no idea what you just said. No, no <laughs> worries, no worries. Uh, deductible is the portion of the uh, repair work, for lack of a better way to put it, it's the portion of the repair work that you as the homeowner are responsible for. So just to make it easy, I know you can't get a roof replaced for ten thousand dollars, but if your roof costs ten thousand dollars to repair and your deductible is one percent of that four hundred thousand. Your deductible is four thousand. Four thousand dollars minus our ten thousand minus the four thousand. The insurance company is only going to pay six thousand dollars towards the repair of that roof. Okay, so so at that point, the the roofer is going to say, "Hey, before I start this project, you owe me four thousand dollars." Potentially, uh, roofers. I that's that's their game. Uh, t- as uh, claims claims adjusters, they're the only ones who, uh, at least as far as my company goes, legally can can uh, talk about roofers. But yes, in in theory, that's that's usually how it works. Uh, okay. Is kind of like, hey, before I start work, uh, y- you're going to have to give me the <laughs> this portion, sure. or we're going to have to work out a payment plan or something. But that's that's for the roofer to decide. That's that's not me. <laughs> well, and and th- th- I think this might be an interesting one to bring up as well because this is something I've heard quite a bit a lot. I mean, this is this is kind of the area of of homeowners insurance where you can inadvertently commit fraud. Right? Where, you know, the insurance company is is paying out money and you look at that and go, "Well, I can't afford the 4 grand, so I'll just pocket the 6 and and go about my business and I'll just do the roof myself." 
It, it could potentially happen. Uh, that's that's up to the claims team to determine, uh, typically. But um, I, I could I could see something like that happen. We always assume the best of our customers, though. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah. But, but and, yes, and again, um, like what I said, in, <laughs> inadvertently committing fraud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you you, yeah. you know you just you just you think that that's okay to you know. Yeah improperly use the money or, or something like that. And, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you could be in lots of trouble. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's, well, it's, and it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like my parents always told me when I was little, you know, if you're not sure, ask. Yeah. So if you, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, call your agent, uh, call your, call your claims uh, adjuster, you know, call, you know, call, I don't know, call a lawyer, um, you know, <laughs> reach out to say, if you have a question, definitely ask because yeah, you don't, you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be on the hook for fraud or anything like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's complicated stuff. You know, and, mm-hmm. and so, and so sometimes you can, you know, when you start looking at numbers, you can, your brain can do crazy stuff to you Yeah. You know, when it, oh, when, yeah. The, when the numbers get big enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you get a check for a high enough number, I, I can, I can definitely understand that. So like, if you, if you don't know, always ask That's that's definitely the number one thing I would say, ask somebody and don't ask your neighbor, ask somebody with the authority to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so. Now that we've kind of defined that, uh, what what's kind of the next thing on the policy that we probably need to to think through? Because um, I, I think the next thing we talked about was personal property. Is that mm-hmm. is that right? So how how do I know wh- how much personal property? I mean, because again, uh, from what it, I when I've gone shopping for homeowners insurance before, they kind of assume how much personal property I have. Um, yeah, there's there's typical yeah, um, uh, what do you want to call them? Uh, not prerequisites, but typically um, it, it's estimated a certain amount, which is again, it's another percentage. Most every a lot of things, like you said earlier, it's it's percentages. It's percentage of that dwelling. So, like say for example, four hundred thousand dollar house. Uh, let's just say you know sixty percent of that is personal property. So it, it generates. I can't do math, but whatever sixty percent of that is. Um, and that's where I say it's also, again, again, it's good to have somebody you can talk this over with and be like, Hey, here's what that number is. Do you think that's enough? And a lot of times people think, well, I don't have that much in personal property. And it's like, well, think about it. Your, your furniture, I mean, a couch, I'm, I'm lowballing these numbers, a couch, $400. Um, and if you got two of those, you just, you know, reached 800 real easy TVs. Those are about a thousand to pop. And a lot of people in their homes have at least three TVs now, um, clothes. Uh, I mean, I live, I live in a one bedroom apartment and I've probably got a $5,000 closet right now. So, you know, it's, it's definitely sometimes on that personal property, you, you don't realize just how much you have. Um, my, my dad, he, um, he's got a garage full of tools and, and tools aren't cheap, uh, either. So, you know, if that number seems high, like, again, that's why I say it's good to have somebody you can talk to review that. Do you need to take it higher? Do you need to, you know, I, there's certain things, uh, I, I, I'm not a bully, but there's certain times where, where people will tell me, no, I need to drop that down. I'll tell them, no, you don't. Um, trust me. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm looking out for your best interest 
interest. Um, and then certain times, uh, there's, there's jewelry, uh, and, and firearms or instruments or things like that. And it's sometimes called a rider or scheduling property. Um, and what that is, is kind of like a policy within a policy, um, using the most common one. Uh, some people will schedule their, um, engagement ring. That's just the number one, most popular one. Uh, and that's because for jewelry, a lot of times there's limits. Um, and then it also falls, uh, it also falls prey to that 1% deductible. So if you have a rider policy or schedule that property, um, depending on the coverage, what, what the, what the limits allow, a lot of times it, it can be replaced, um, for theft, loss, mysterious disappearance, and you don't have to worry about that, uh, 1% deductible. Um, so there again, uh, one of our, uh, one, of, uh, I, I've scheduled things, uh, I've scheduled jewelry, I've scheduled sheet music, um, believe it or not for composers, uh, instruments for kids or who are in band, um, firearms is, a, uh, another popular one. Uh, so just talk those things over with your agent be like, Hey, is this covered on the policy as is, what are the limits of that? Okay. I have more than that. Uh, let's talk about ways to make sure that th these other things that I care more about are properly covered. So if I, if I heard you right, writing a, a separate rider on the policy for these specific items makes them sort of immune to the deductible. Is that what I heard you say? Uh, kind of, sort of, it depends. Usually on a rider, you can pick, you know, um, uh, because if you're just scheduling one thing on a personal property, that's the way it works at my company. Okay. Um, when you schedule something, uh, you can do like a zero, zero dollar deductible. I think you can do like a two fifty deductible, a $500 deductible. Most people, uh, as far as my company goes, most people choose the zero dollar deductible because it, it does affect the home premium or if it's a separate rider policy, um, it would affect that policies premium as well. So it just kind of depends. That's where it's up to you to talk over with your agent. Like, Hey, is this because it's, it's a risk versus loss analysis. So is it worth this extra premium in order to ensure that this thing I care about is covered? So okay. some people choose not to schedule. It's always something to talk about with your agent though. Um, if you got those things that you want to cover, uh, separately. Yeah, and, and all of that, like, for instance, jewelry, you, you mentioned that there may be a, a limit. Uh, that's mm -hmm. all stuff that's pretty simple to to find the information on. Like, you may have a, a $5,000 limit on jewelry, but you may mm -hmm. have a you, you may have an engagement ring that's worth more than $5,000. Right, exactly, and that's why it's good. It's good to it's good to review your policy, but I always tell people don't be the don't be the expert. Call call your agent. Don't be the expert. They're licensed in this. They've got experience in this. Um, whenever whenever I'm talking to people purchasing a new home, um, uh, and they say, "Hey, I need to talk with my spouse," I always tell them that's fine. Uh, I can conference them in if you want, uh, or if they want to call me, don't be the expert though. It's, sure. it's <laughs> yeah, I mean because and, and, and again. You said ask the question. I think it's always worth doing that. I mean, I've got, um, I've got baseball cards, so yeah. I mean that may be something that that people don't really think about, and and so it, that actually brings up a, a question that that I've that I've got that I wanted to ask you specifically about is how how does the insurance company know what I have? I mean, so um, you know, I I could say I've got. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put maybe more. Maybe we put seventy five percent. You mm -hmm. know, 
mm-hmm. personal value on there. And I and I do that because I've got things like like baseball cards, and maybe I just really like high end couches, and my couches are seven thousand right. dollars a piece or something. And how right. does the insurance company know? I mean, one thing that I've been told is. Maybe you just need to walk around with a video camera and make sure you have you have all your serial numbers and those sorts of things. But what what is your suggestion on that? Uh, there again, um, uh, this uh, from from the you'd want to talk it over with your claims adjuster for sure. Um, and I'll I'll just give uh, my my advice as far receipts are good, um, but don't be a hoarder with your receipts. Um, but receipts are good um, and, or appraisals like with scheduling. Uh, my company, if we're going to schedule a piece of jewelry, we do. Re- require an appraisal that's no more than five years old. Um, so that that's one of those that's good to talk over with your agent. But yeah, receipts are good. Um, or at least knowing the brand or, or something of that nature. Because uh, like in kind quality, because I, I've got a TV right now in my apartment. Um, I know what kind of TV it is. I know the, it's, it's uh, approximate size um, and the brand. So, but say, say I lose this TV five years from now. Um, so it, it may not necessarily be worth the same, but there would be something of like and kind quality that I could get the TV replaced with. So it all, it, it all, I don't want to say it all depends, but, um, it, it really is talk it over with your agent for sure. Just be like, Hey, um, what do I need to do just in case worst worst case were to happen the the house burns down or or you know it floods and I lose this stuff like do I need appraisals on certain things do I need to just in my in my mind you know remember hey this is what I had so but a lot of times you can you can talk with the adjuster and he can walk you through what all you need to do all that kind of good stuff if there ever is a claim but but you know my advice is just kind of mentally catalog, you know, Hey, I had this couch, I had that. Um, and, and a lot of times the, the insurance company will work with you if, if they're a reliable and good company. So, yeah. And uh, you know, things like TVs, just, I've had to have them replaced before, Mm -hmm. but, um, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, when an insurance company will cover those things, they'll typically depreciate them, you know, based on the age of the item and, and, and what they are. But then there's other things, you know, like, like a TV or, you know, electronics will typically depreciate. What about things that appre- that do appreciate? Um, I'm thinking like original pieces of art or like Kevin was mentioning baseball cards. Is that, is that, is that an instance then when you would say like, look, this, this just really needs a separate writer because it's a very specific item. And it made me think about that when you were saying like, look, I had to write this thing for like a piece of sheet music. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if, if you've got something, uh, base, base, uh, for uh, baseball cards, I wouldn't know. I'd have to phone a friend on that one, uh, for sure. Just to be like, Hey, is this something? And it all depends on the underwriting department. The underwriting department are basically the legal team that says, yes, we, yes, we can insure this risk or no, we can't insure this risk. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's something definitely like if you've got, if you've got art, uh, that's, that's something that you can typically do. Uh, you can schedule or do a rider on, um, because it, it's one of the, and that's, where the appraisal would come in because who determines how much art is worth an appraisal? You would have to have basically proof that, Hey, this specific thing is in fact worth this amount of money within 
five years or something like that. Uh, yeah. di- different companies will have different stipulations like, hey, we need an appraisal that's a certain amount uh, of years old. So, but yes, your, your thinking is right. If you do have anything that could increase in value, I think it's definitely worth talking to to your agent about and being like, what do I need to do to make sure that this is protected? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. That makes sense to me. Definitely. Well, what, what are some of the weirder things that you've you've had to write some of these policies for? Oh, I, uh, let's see. Sheet I, music I try. is pretty weird. <laughs> sheet, the sheet music sheet, one is, sheet, yeah. Sheet music is the most unique one. Um, and I actually had a chance to meet that customer face to face. His, uh, it was his wife actually. Um, composer travels to England, and that's what that's why he wanted it. Um, that's why he wanted it scheduled, uh, just because uh, it, it is it is valuable to him. It's it's his original works. Mm. Um, so, so that's why he wanted it on there. That's probably the most unique one I've had. Um, I'm trying to think there's, I mean, y- y- I tell people all the time, you think you've heard it all work in insurance. You, you hear everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think that as far as what's coming to my mind right now, that's the most, Oh, um, I did have one and I can't remember the answer. So don't ask me that, but I think somebody wanted to know what to do about, and we had to call the underwriting department. Somebody wanted to know what to do about, uh, bottles of wine, uh, high end bottles of wine. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And we'll have to get back to you. Um, and I don't remember the answer on that one. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't somebody I was helping. Uh, that was somebody else. And I'm like, that's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, that, that was another unique one, uh, high end bottles of wine. Um, because I mean, I'm sure those things get up there. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a wine connoisseur, so I couldn't yeah. tell you. Uh, me either. I, I do know that like, you know, for a long time, wine was a, a high value collectible and still mm-hmm. is in many ways. The new one though is interesting though, because it's uh, Japanese whiskey is the one um, that people are, are starting to collect now. Like it's like oh, it's really? ridiculous what people are paying for this stuff. I mean, it's like thousands oh. of dollars a bottle. Oh, I'm sure there's a, apparently there's a whiskey now. I can't remember, but they basically load it up on a barge and stick it out in the Atlantic for a certain amount of time. And it soaks up the sea air yeah. and it just ferments out there. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the Japanese wine or not, but it, it's crazy sometimes just <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird so, what people will collect, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> Wherever you, how you make your money. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, exactly. I, I just want you to know that's called Jefferson's Ocean. It's actually bourbon. Not that I. Oh, okay. Not that I'm a connoisseur or anything. I'm just. <laughs> no, no. It's funny. One of one of the one of the one, my my counterpart at the office. She used to work for. I don't know if y'all have them down there, but Total Wine. Um, it's uh, she used to work there, and she was studying to be a manager. So she knows all the ins and outs and all the different types of liquors and uh, what's good with what and pairings and tastings and all that good stuff. So um, it's actually interesting. I'm a I'm a knowledge junkie. Um, I love information so just talking with her and picking her brain it's uh it's definitely interesting the things you learn yeah Yeah, i I just i have to take a sidebar here for just a moment and 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 say something uh that's really interesting about that those specific bottles because you're right they they put them they put them on the uh the ships and they take them out of the ocean and when they have storms and such that's whenever you know some of that water actually gets into Mm -hmm. the the barrels Mm -hmm. and so things such as that but what's really amazing about it is that means that every single batch that they make is different 
Exactly, yeah. which so that, creates a bigger price tag. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> those think they are, don't know it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I mean, no, it's it's hard to to understand why some things are worth more than others, and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that certain things are worth more than others. Their uniqueness yeah. brings out uh, price tags. Exactly. Well, I, I'm I'm curious at this point. What are some of the biggest oversights that that new homeowners or new policy owners tend to be overlooking when they're when they're getting into uh, into insurance i mean um a, a lot of times it's the um uh i, I don't want to call it um procrastination but when you're when you're buying it, it's funny i've i've never bought a new home but just doing what i do um for the past two years um i <laughs> we we work with a with a lender um and, and a home home builder that's that's our biggest um uh it, it source of of prospective uh customers um it, it's funny the things i know just from talking to new home buyers i i know a lot for whenever i'm ready to buy my first home um the the biggest thing i would say is because it's hectic, it's crazy. Let's not kid ourselves when you're moving. I mean, I moved from one apartment unit to another apartment unit and I was about to pull my hair out and I was in the same complex. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a crazy, uh, busy time. And a lot of times it's kind of like, I'll get to the insurance later. I'll get to the insurance later. I'll get to the insurance later. Next thing you know, your loan officer is calling you saying, Hey, where's the insurance? And then you just go out there, you find whichever one's cheapest and you, and you throw it on there. Um, just to get it done, get it over with. Um, the, I would mm. say, I would say that's, you know, it's, I'm it, again, not judging. That's not a mistake, but that's something that could be easily avoided. Um, you know, preparation is, is always key in, in a new home buyer. Um, so that's, that's one of the things is I would say is because you're in such a rush to get it, um, because you want the home. And as you said at the beginning of the show, you can't get a home without the insurance being in a rush. Um, and just getting something just to have something, um, that would, that would be number one, most overlooked thing, because, you know, when you rush something, the chances for not everything to be covered the way you want it to are there. Um, yeah. So just don't, don't rush it. Take the time, get, talk to somebody, make sure that they have your best interest at heart when, when writing the policy, a lot of things are standard, but a lot of things are different. Everybody's unique. They might have different, uh, customers. Like I said, you're, you're, you're going to want to, you're going to want to talk to somebody who's your friend because they're going to get to know you. They're going to make sure that there aren't any gaps or if there are gaps, um, that, you know, those are filled because they're doing regular policy reviews or at least reviews at renewal. Uh, when you renew every year. So that's what I would say is, is being in a rush um, because rush causes mistakes later on down the road. Um, Some things I would look at is um, some people uh, are, are, are some, some um, producers uh, because, you know, they're, they're looking at price. Uh, They'll, they'll, they'll slap a 2% deductible on there to get a lower price. Um, So that's one thing I would look at. I would look at uh, deductible, um, but I would also look at your liability coverage because, as I've said, that is truly the most important part of the policy is the liability um, because 
um, you know, a, a, tor- a tornado can happen, a hurricane can happen. Um, you might be out a little bit out of pocket, uh, depending on your deductible. Um, but if somebody gets injured in your home and those medical expenses, and then they get a lawyer involved, you know, uh, 1-800-LAWSUIT is everywhere. You can't see it without the billboard. You mm-hmm. can't drive down the road without seeing it on the billboards or hear something on the radio or see something on TV. Um, that, that liability portion, uh, check and make sure. I mean, like I said, 300,000 is, is the lowest I'll write. And a lot of people think that sounds like a lot, but when you, when you think about it, it's really not. No. So, no, I mean, all you gotta um, do is, uh, have a surgery and see the bill from that to know how much, oh, uh, it costs. And, yeah. and on, and on top of that, you've got lawyer fees and, and exactly you know, uh, other, Definitely. other things. So it, yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't yeah, take for long. Sure. Um, and this, this again, another separate policy, um, and it usually requires an auto policy. I, I've never heard of one being written without one. Of course, check with your agent, um, an umbrella policy, uh, that that's important as well. Cause that, that protects your liability. Um, I always tell people that's the most important policy I write next to life insurance is an umbrella policy because that, you know, typically they start at a million, uh, depending on who your carrier is, they can go upwards uh, from there. And that, that basically makes sure that if that 300 or 500 or whatever your liability limits are at on your home policy, if that's ever exhausted for whatever reason, the umbrella kicks in to uh, cover that additional amount. And you and you said something just a minute ago that that triggered a thought in my head. I mean, you mm-hmm. said if you know if they're if they're trying to get you a lower price by offering you a two percent deductible, you know, I think a lot of people you know go to an insurance agency or an insurance agent and they get a quote and they get a price and they just assume that that's the only offer that these people have. No, you know, it, there's all there's always options. Yeah, and so that, that's kind of I mean, sh- how how does how does someone talk to an agent like you and say, okay, so what are my what are my options? What I mean is, it, I, and I would imagine someone like you is going to offer them multiple options anyway. But if yeah, someone's definitely. giving you one, how do you go? Listen, I mean, what else can you do for me? Um, honestly, uh, think of it like you're going to a doctor. Do you want a a doctor who's going to say like, um, hey? Uh, you've, you've got this disease, um, you can take this medicine or, uh, you know, if you, if you want to, or do you want the doctor who says, Hey, you've got this, I'm going to put you on this prescription. I want you taking it this many times. And then I want you coming back to me in two weeks. Um, think, think about it like that. Like a doctor who's going to sit down and assess your situation mm-hmm. and die and diagnose the problem and, and give you the, the correct, uh, I guess prescription, the correct, the, the, he's going to give you what you need in order to make sure that you're taken care of. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, uh, I tell people all the time when I'm, uh, when I'm reviewing, when I'm going over like, Hey, here's your coverage. I, I don't do too many of the reviews. We've got a customer service team for that. Um, but, uh, I do, I do occasionally do them, but um, I always tell them like, Hey, stop me at any time. If you have questions, I'm going to kind of go over this, uh, and explain what each of these things mean. If you, if you don't have somebody who's explaining what the coverages mean, what they do and how they protect you, I would say that's uh, a yellow flag, potentially a red flag. If you don't, if you have somebody who is focused on the price and only the price, that's a warning to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not to, call out any company but like one of the ones i've seen recently is is this company lemonade have you have you seen this 
I, I see it. I see it on YouTube all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting. I think it appeals to a certain you know spectrum of the market. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like they don't want to interact with people. They just want to punch in their numbers and 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 get a mm-hmm. and you know here's your here's your number. This is what you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. they don't have to have any sort of interaction or information, you know, traded beyond that. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's, like I said, uh, at the beginning, that's a, that's a large, uh, that's, that's 40% of the market. Uh, I think last time statistics came out is, um, a lot of people, they just, they, they don't, it's not that they don't care. It's just like, it's insurance. I needed to have the home. I'm going to get it. Uh, just, you know, get, give me, you know, they, yeah. but I, I like to view, I like to view myself and, uh, this is not me stroking my ego. You know, you can, <laughs> you can go to Burger King and you can get great service. You can go and say, Hey, I want this burger with this on it or that or the other, or you can go to Chick-fil-A and you're going to have to wait at Chick-fil-A because the line is out the door at Chick-fil-A. And I'm sorry, chicken sandwiches are not that good. (laughs) People go to Chick-fil-A for a reason because they know they're going to get taken care of. They know that they're going to not only get, they're not necessarily going to get just what they want. They're also going to get what they need and they're going to be taken care of. So again, that's, that's not a shameless plug towards myself, but don't, don't, uh, don't be trans. You you want an insurance agent who's not transactional. So yeah, absolutely. Kev, you got anything else, man? I uh, know you, you've really done a good job of answering some of my questions. Um, what, one of the things that we, we definitely want to uh, find out is if, if any of our listeners are interested in getting in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to, to ask you some questions and maybe potentially use you for, for an agent if they were interested? Uh, definitely. And I can, I can give my office number. Uh, we are out of the office until Monday. Um, I, it's recorded. So I'll, I'll just say it a couple of it's nine, seven, two, two, three, four, three, two, zero, zero. Uh, that's, uh, that's the office line. You'll probably get, like I said, we've got a customer service team. We've got a girl named Katie. She's great. Um, she handles, uh, like I was talking about the, the, when people call up to make a payment, uh, she handles reviews like that um my email is uh my name uh j-a-r-r-o-d-t-u-c-k-e-r at allstate.com yes i do work for allstate if you've got bad experiences with that company i'm sorry um but maybe we can change uh, that exactly (laughs) right exactly um and i i am in the dallas area so if you want a local agent which i truly do understand um just uh uh, i will not be offended at all um i'm familiar with the houston area my parents live down there we do have a couple of houston people uh uh, a few couple of uh, houston residents on our policy but um, if you want somebody who's more familiar with the area, that's totally fine as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm in the Dallas area. If that means anything, or if it doesn't, I'd, I'd love to hear from whomever might have questions. So awesome. Well, Kev. Yeah, I think it's time for the next portion of our show, which is called the Final Four. The Final Four. <laughs> yeah, so these are just uh, four questions we ask all of our guests, and so uh, you don't escape without answering them. So here we all go. Right. You, you Prepare yourself. These? Yeah. 
Lock, lock and load. Here we go. First right. question. What's is the, it a lightning round? Do I have to answer quickly? Or, no, well, I'm kidding. Well, it just depends on, <laughs> depends on how fast you want the episode to air. Right, yeah. <laughs> First question. What's the must-have tool you won't leave your house without? Um, I mean, I'd love to say my cell phone, but I can live without that. My must-have tool that I won't leave the house without, it's it's – it's antiquated and it's old. I always uh, carry a pocket knife with me unless I'm going to a concert or the airport, of course. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you tend to get in trouble for that stuff. But yeah, uh, it's something my dad said. Always, always carry a knife. So my yeah. dad, my granddad and such. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's a wise awesome. man. Well, I don't know. I mean, that just, just because you chose that doesn't make him wise. Uh, <laughs> right. that, was, that was, if you go back and listen to our very first episode, Craig and I, <laughs> participated in the final four questions oh, ourselves yeah. <laughs> and and his answer just so happens to be um pocket knife as well so i don't really know how i feel about you based on that yeah. answer now. <laughs> it means he got it right <laughs> yeah exactly i was about to say that means i got the right answer i want my prize now thank you very much <laughs> uh, it's funny all right second question What's a job you walked away from? So this could be a career if you want it to be, or it could be just a homeowner type thing. I know you said you're in an apartment, so um, that may change your answer a little bit, but uh, a job that you walked away from. Just can't be this question. Uh, as far, yeah, no, definitely. As far as, far as profession goes, uh, one job I walked away from, uh, and this is, if, you, if you're not happy, it doesn't, I mean, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, it's, it's going to be miserable no matter how much you're getting paid. And it was just, um, yes, I do work for a corporation, but, uh, that's one thing that's, uh, it's very nice. It, it, I work for Allstate, but it is very much like we run, we do have certain guidelines and stipulations that we have to follow, but it's, it's very much, uh, the agency owner runs that agency as long as he's not, you know, doing anything psycho. Um, we determine who we hire, we determine who we fire, uh, which we haven't in a while. Um, but we, we kind of control the day to day operations there. Uh, the job I had, uh, prior to that, um, it was, it was corporate and you didn't care. You were a number, uh, things like that. So I would just say I, I walked away from that job, not because I didn't feel appreciated just because it was going nowhere and I was spinning my wheels. Um, mm. Now, as far as in the home goes, uh, I, like I said, I'm in an apartment, but I've done enough uh, projects with my father at a house. Uh, I'm trying to think of a job that we just straight up walked away from. Um, something plumbing related. Uh, we, <laughs> we know we know enough to, to make us dangerous, but when you have to start digging holes and going after pipes that are underground, that's something that we walk away from, and we definitely call a professional on that. One. Oh yeah. Um, now, if you ask my mom, there's a lot of other things that we should have walked away from a lot sooner. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Man, that's... and and in my defense, I walked away long before my dad did. So, but. <laughs> but <laughs> I I knew when to walk away, but you know you can't necessarily tell the guy who's you know <laughs> the homeowner, right? Um, or you know at least on paper, but <laughs> yeah, especially when he's so. your dad. 
Yes, exactly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of DIY things that he may not, may not should have DIY. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's a very he's a very handy man, and he passed a lot of that on to yeah, me. So but now they're DI um, done. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they they're they're renting. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. Third question: How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Um, at the end of a long day, I usually like, uh, I try not to bring work home. I'm only 10 minutes from the office. So sometimes that's hard. Um, but I'll usually come sit down, uh, turn something on Netflix. I may or may not enjoy adult beverage at the time. Uh, or I usually do, if I work out, I usually try to do it before work. It, it sets the day and the tone better. So the long days don't typically happen. Um, but I'll, I'll just try to unplug whether it be TV or reading or, or something of that nature, doing something I enjoy. So whatever that may be. That's a good answer. I yeah. love it. Absolutely. All right. You're in the home stretch. Here we go. Last question. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Um, again, it's from my dad. Uh, never stop learning. Uh, just mm. always, always learn something. Even if it's a little something, never stop learning. Uh, I mean, he's... Uh, I'm going to say it. He's 62 years old and he still learns something new every day, whether it be job related or, or just some random tidbit of information. So just always, always try and learn something new. It exercises your brain and, and uh, it could be something random. It could be something big or it could be something small, but never, never, never stop learning. Awesome. Key to youth. Absolutely. Well, that's good, man. We we uh, just want to say thank you for, for taking the time to join us today. Uh, I think you've given us a lot of really helpful information, and uh, there's, there's a real big possibility that someone else uh, out there has a question for us or maybe wants to add something to our episode that we didn't add. Uh, feel free to send us an email at info at homeownershow.com and uh, go to our website at homeownershow.com as well. Um, so, yeah. Craig, you got anything else? Yeah. If uh, you listened to our episode last week and you have your own tale from the pit, uh, some some scary stuff to talk about with uh, projects you took on in the home, send us that email, send us that video, tag us in it and share it with us so we can get it up on the next episode where we have more tales from the pit. Um, yeah, I, like I said at the beginning, hit that subscribe button, notification bells. Do it now. Thumbs up. Yep. Because we love you. That's it. (laughs) Jared, thank you, man. Yeah, no, thank y'all. Y'all have a wonderful night. You too, bud. All right, man. Well, uh, we're here every Tuesday, whether you like it or not. So uh, if you don't see us this Tuesday, wait till next Tuesday. We're going to be there. we got all of our episodes up on our website. Go find us. Until then, see you next time. See you.